Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Uh, hello and welcome to Restoring America. It's uh, February the 22nd, 2015. And uh, today I'm going to uh, try to continue, uh, hopefully... I don't know if I'll get through with all of this in uh, uh, today, but I want to finish some of the major thoughts, the major concepts and history, uh, at least the angle of history that is being presented in the book, The Grand Design Exposed by John Daniel. And uh, he, this book, he goes back to the 1200s, I believe, to... Uh, the Knights Templar and the Crusades and how that had uh, affected and grown into uh, eventually the uh, what would be the Protestant Reformation in the early 1500s that developed into, in response to the Protestant uh, Reformation, the Counter-Reformation by the Jesuits in the 1540s, and you need to go back if you haven't done this at least in a very uh in a very uh kind of a broad way at least understand and study the counter reformation which is the council of trent that was almost 20 years in the making of uh trying to develop an all a counter to the protestant reformation and this concept is what this book really develops, and it's a it's a suppressed part of history that we need to think about, that we need to at least be aware of. And it's radically different than what we have been raised in. And today I'm going to give you uh, kind of what he's building toward in this book is the American Revolution and a, a radically uh, different alternative view of the American Revolution. And he traces this from back to the Protestant Reformation. He shows you a lot of the atrocities, the atrocities of the Roman Catholic Church, uh, St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, the uh, all of the years, uh, 200 years when he was when the Catholic Church was continuing to to try to get back control of the of the throne in England, you go back to remember that Henry VIII, not because it was not because of religious uh, uh, deep religious conviction that he uh, broke with the Pope of Rome, but because he wanted to marry another woman, Anne Boleyn, and have a a male heir. And uh, he he goes through I mean all of that and that broke from the the uh, Catholic Church at least politically it's a political break this is what you need to remember about 
Henry VIII. It's a political break. He wanted to do uh, whatever he wanted to do. And he wanted the religious authority to do it, and so he broke with Rome and set up the Church of England, which is very similar in practice, in theology, to the Church of Rome. I mean, it's uh, about as close as you can get without being that. And uh, so he broke with Rome, and there is a, a period that was about, fifth, let's say, 1550. And for the next 200 years, there is in all of this intrigue and plotting and planning to, for the Catholics to get back in control of the throne of England. And he traces in this book that we're reading, The Grand Design Exposed, he traces, he goes through quite a bit of that history of uh, the intrigue uh, after Henry VIII, uh, his daughter uh, Mary, Bloody Mary, became the throne, came to the throne and uh, really persecuted the Protestants, put to death 300 or 350 Protestant leaders in England. And her husband was Philip II, of Spain that was a major, uh, Philip II was a major player in uh, European Spain. He becomes the king of Spain and is a major player for the next 50 years in Europe. And uh, there is some good history about Philip II that you should be aware of. He's very strong Catholic. And there are some good... Uh, books about Philip II from a Catholic standpoint. Always remember when you're studying Philip, the, I believe it's Philip II of Spain, that you need to remember that, that a lot of the writing is coming from a Catholic angle at that. And so it criticizes the Protestants for causing all of these wars and stuff like that. But the, the Grand Design Exposed focuses on England because America grew out, primarily grew out of England. And there's all this intrigue, all of this conflict uh, between the Protestants and the Catholics concerning the throne of England, trying to maintain the throne of England. And you go through Queen Elizabeth. These people were not necessarily very dedicated Christian people. It's mostly political. It's mostly a political conflict between uh, the Catholics and the Protestants and the throne of England is primarily a political conflict of trying to break away. And so the Jesuits come and they keep uh, trying to infiltrate and agitate and get back in control. There are several attempts on the life of uh, Elizabeth. If you haven't watched these movies, you should go back and watch the movies about all of this history. And it's not necessarily perfectly uh, accurate, but go back and it gives you a feel for what's going on. And uh, there was the Spanish Armada, the big, they tried to build up a big invasion of England, which was defeated by God. I mean, uh, the ships were just blown all over the place and they were defeated. In England, even the Catholic, the the English Catholics rose up and fought against the Spanish in that invasion attempt. And they, were, they defeated them and became a more dominant empire after that. But the uh, Catholics did not stop. They kept coming. They kept coming. They kept coming. Uh, Charles I, 
they would marry, what would happen is that they would marry Catholics, and it would kind of get in through that way. Charles I uh, made alliances with the Catholics, and the upper class or the Catholic people, just keep that in mind, the wealthy upper class landowners are usually Catholics. And the poorer people are the Protestants, the serious, dedicated Protestants. And you go through uh, the English Civil War with Oliver Cromwell, which we is one of the black holes in our history, our uh, learning of history, our mainstream learning of history. Go back and study uh, Oliver Cromwell. This Oliver Cromwell scares the living daylights out of the rulers of the world. Oliver Cromwell, you study that. And it's not saying that Oliver Cromwell was perfect in everything he did. But he was he made an effort to to get rid of the Catholic influence in England and uh the throne of England. He had the King of England executed. But then they get back in control in what's called the restoration period with Charles II and James II. And that led to, uh, if you're not familiar, another black hole of history is the Scottish Covenanters. In the later parts of the 1600s, the King of England and the Anglican Church, supposedly the Protestant Church, persecuted and killed, massacred, and persecuted and put to death thousands upon thousands. I think it's over... 20,000 of these people. And we have just forgotten. All of this has just been suppressed. All of this background of the history of America has just been uh, suppressed. This is what came to America. This conflict, this, this intense conflict between the Protestants and the Catholics. And in New England... Very serious, dedicated Christian people came to New England. The Puritans, the Pilgrims, and the Scottish Covenanters started coming, started trickling in, and became a torrent uh, under the uh, persecution. They were sold into slavery, came into the South. The Scottish Covenanters were, on, were the poorest of the poor people in early America. And they lived on the frontiers and in the South as slaves, and it really dramatically influenced the culture in the South, in the at least the culture of the poorer people in the South. And so this is where America came from. It seems abundantly clear to me from studying this, and I'm I'm not any in any sense a scholar or a real historian of all this. I've just learned this concept in the last year or two uh and uh it's it just it fits and that it is it is i've run across the concept very clearly that back in the early 1900s there was a serious effort to suppress american history to to revise to change american history to fit the plan of the new world order people the progressive, the communists, they, they, want, they don't want us to know the truth about American history. And part of the truth of American history that we have not even been aware of, I was not aware of, is 
the the Catholic influence, the Roman Catholic and Jesuit influence in the early days of America and around the time of the uh, American Revolution. We just watched, I just wanted to see it and see the uh, presentation of it. The, the History Channel has recently done a series called Sons of Liberty. Sons of Liberty. It's a three-part series. If you, you can look it up and get it, probably, we saw it, we have a deal called Roku where you can down, you know, stream these things anymore, which is apparently where everything is going. But they had it on their History Channel has a deal that you can hook up and, and watch it. So we watched it. And this thing was, it was just a uh, a very superficial treatment. And it was hardly any of it I, probably is true except maybe for some of the major details, like there was a Boston Tea Party and uh, uh, Lexington and Concord and stuff like that and some of the conflict that was beginning. But it's not very accurately done. And so this is one of the things I wanted to uh, put, put out an alternative view of the American Revolution that you have probably never heard of. I've never heard of this, even considered it, before about a year and a half ago. And it's uh, it's very fascinating. And I just want you to consider this. Consider the possibility that this is the truth of what happened. I I don't believe they ever really tell us the full truth of what's going on in any of our history, hardly. I mean, we have this rosy picture of the American Revolution. It was, you know, because of the taxes that were coming on and, uh, you know, these people were just uh, wonderful uh, men of integrity and they just wanted uh, the best for America. They wanted our political and religious freedom and so they fought and did all of this and and uh, we get down to Abraham Lincoln, and he's a great, great man, and we need to uh, revere him. And this is the story that we're taught in schools, the mainstream history story. Well, I can just about 100% tell you that's not true. That, a lot of that well, it may be true, but the, the angle on it is not true. There's another angle or two or three angles that you need to consider. One angle that you need to always consider is the angle of the Masons that came into America. Another angle you need to consider that's been totally, almost totally suppressed is the influence of the Scottish Covenanters. Did you realize that fully one-third of Americans in the year 1776 were, had come from Scotland? They were Scotch-Irish people. They were the poor people. They fought in the American Revolution. I, I didn't know anything about that until a few, you know, just a year or so ago. And all of this history is just suppressed. It's just kind of written out. And they tell us this other stuff, and they want us to believe, and they lead us by omitting a lot of the important history. And part of the important history is Freemasonry. Freemasonry, if you want to 
go back and go through the history of Freemasonry and its influence, its impact upon America. Go and watch, listen through a series of documentaries by uh, Christian J. Pinto. I can't remember the uh, exact titles of these things, but go back and watch his documentaries. Christian J., just go into Amazon or look them up on the Internet, Christian J. Pinto. And he goes back into a lot of the history of Freemasonry and these occult secret societies like the Rosicrucians and Francis Bacon and the secret, the secret destiny of America. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name that wrote that, Manly P. Hall. And there's this whole, this is an alternative view of American history. That it was not just the, the Protestant Christians in America and the influence of, Ameri- of Christianity in America, true Christianity, which was there. This was very strongly, this was the underlying culture in America produced by the Puritans and the Scottish Covenanters. These were very dedicated people that came from England because they were persecuted by England. They could not pursue God in England. And so they came to America in Scotland and and, uh, Ireland. These, from these places, they came to America so they could genuinely follow God. This was, and this is what we today, us Protestants, evangelicals, understand by religious freedom. We think of it in our terms, that we want religious freedom for us to be able to pursue our understanding, our convictions, that comes straight from the Bible. This is what we want. Well, that's not what everybody else wants. Just keep that in mind. And one of the things that we have has been totally suppressed is the major, the, the intense conflict between the Protestants, the genuine Protestants, the Puritans, the Scotch-Irish uh, Covenanters, Presbyterians that came and uh, occupied the the frontiers in the south that were very dedicated Christian people that influenced and became the the culture, the the bottom rung of the culture, kind of, and influenced that. And they were very dedicated. We, We have, we do not understand the intense hatred between the true Protestant and the Catholic which goes back three or four hundred years, all of this conflict, these major wars, thousands, millions of people, the Inquisition, that goes back to anybody that, that tries to break away or get back closer to God and the Bible that's just persecuted as heretics by the Roman Catholic Church, the Pope, the Jesuits. This is the background of America that has been suppressed. We are taught the political, some of the political, but not all of this religious background. And this is what this book, The Grand Design Exposed, uh, tries to outline, tries to expose and teach. 
is this religious uh, conflict, the history of this religious conflict that came to America. This conflict that was raging in England for 200 years, bloody conflict, civil war conflict, uh, harsh persecution conflict, came to America in the 1600s and early 1700s. This is the foundation of America that we just have been, has just been totally suppressed and kept from us. And if you want to study this, if you want to get a feel for this, study the history of Maryland, the Maryland colony. Maryland is named after, if I understand right, is named after uh, Queen Mary or the wife of Lord Baltimore, who is George Calvert, whose name was Mary, if I understand. They were Catholics, and that fits into their Catholic theology of uh, venerating the Virgin Mary. Mary land, all of that goes together. Uh, Bloody Mary, Mary Queen of Scots, just remember this, Mary Queen of Scots, there's three Marys uh, in that time period, Mary Queen of Scots, uh, Bloody Mary, that was another Mary, and then Mary of Guise from France that was ruled in Scotland for a little bit. All of this is, is raw in the minds, in the hearts, of the people, the true Protestant people that came to America, especially the Scotch-Irish people, which is where a lot of the philosophy of America came from, that the America that we love, the concepts of uh, freedom and, and uh, the Second Amendment, things like that, come from that, that theory. The other theory is, uh, I mean, the other side of that is the Catholic side, which is suppressed. We don't even think about this. We don't even consider in America anymore whether or not our politicians are Catholic, partly. I mean, I remember back in the, in the 1960s, I mean, in the campaign in the 1960s, I was in, I believe, the fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade during that time, I was going to school in Texas, and this was a a lot of the kids I went to school with were Mexican, and so they were Catholics, and they were some of, I mean, these are the kids I played with growing up. My dad was a principal for a a Mexican school, Uh, and so we, we lived on that side of town, and so these were the people we associated with, as well as the black people. And and so I, my folks were very strong uh, Protestants at that time. They were still very opposed to the Catholic Church. And instead, they had they would not vote for John F. Kennedy because he was a Catholic. And I remember having these arguments at school with my friends that we're not we're not voting because he's a Catholic. And you get in these big arguments with kids, and I thought, what in the world? But at that time in 1960, there was a serious problem with having a Catholic. This, John F. Kennedy was the very first Catholic president in America. And we have played, uh, 
I don't know if you've ever heard this, but on Lori's Lori's program, she had a recording of this uh, discussion, I guess you could call it, down in Houston. John F. Kennedy was having a he, – he knew he had to placate the Protestant, the evangelical Protestant conservative Bible-believing churches in America in order to be elected president. And so he went down to Texas to have this discussion with the Protestant, the evangelical leaders in Texas. And there's a recording of this. You should listen to this. It's fascinating. That even back at this time, there was a serious uh, challenge uh, to supporting, to voting for a Catholic from the Protestant, from the the average, the Baptist, the Churches of Christ, the the evangelical conservative members in Texas that were were seriously challenging whether or not anybody should vote for a Catholic. Just remember, this was in 1960. This was going on, and today. I just presented yesterday, today in in September this year, the Pope, who is a Jesuit, the first Jesuit, is coming to address the joint a joint session of Congress, which is, I mean, we've come a long way, baby, to this, and we don't consider today whether or not our politicians are Catholic or Catholic educated or Catholic people. We don't. That's not even on our radar because all of this history has been suppressed. And one thing you need to notice, I mentioned it's been about a year ago. I predicted about a year ago that the Republican, can, the Republican candidate for president in 2016 would be Jeb Bush. And you know how, how, why I predicted that? I didn't know at the time, I'll share in just a minute, I didn't what I didn't know. But I saw a picture about a year ago, I don't know exactly how long ago it was, of Jeb Bush kneeling before the Pope in Rome and kissing his finger, kissing his ring. And I thought, bingo, he's going to be the next president. Why? Because the Pope and the Vatican the Jesuits are far more influential in our country than what we, uh, normal Christian evangelical pro- people in America, believe or even are aware of. We don't think about the danger of the Catholics getting back in control. Totally. They're not quite there, but they're almost there we will say. And they control almost everything. They control the corporations, they control the media, they control the bankers. And we're not even, this is not even on our radars, most of us, 98% of people are less. So we need to be aware of this. And the reason we're in this, oh, oh, what I wanted to say is Jeb Bush is fully, openly a Catholic. His wife is a is a Spanish Hispanic uh, lady and is a Catholic who is a strong Catholic. And Jeb Bush converted in 1999 to Catholicism, Jeb Bush. So that should be on your radar. 
that should be on your radar. The reason all of this is not on our radar is because we have been convinced through the ecumenical movement that we just, all Christians, just need to work together kind of as a political unit, kind of. And yet that, uh, there, I mean, this is what we need to be aware of, of where all of this has been going on underneath the radar. And the reason is because we have forgotten our history. And our history has been deliberately scrubbed so that we are not aware of American and English history and European history. We're not aware of that. So this is what I've been trying to do. I, this is just a brief introduction to this. Uh, Lori is on right now with us. So is there anything you would like to add to that, Lori? You know more about all of this than I do because you you have personal experience uh, from growing up in the Catholic Church, if I understand right. So go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, I do. Wow, uh, you you really covered a lot. That's that's quite a synopsis there that that, that you gave. Uh, well, I, I do have the reason. Let me just say this, and then then you can go on. The reason I is because no people need to have that broad general overview of what's happened. And even in, uh, that's why I've been frustrated reading this book, is that you get so bogged down in all the details of it. And he's got a lot of details in this book, this grand design exposed, that are, I assume they're they're pretty accurate. Uh, but what I've been trying to figure out is this overall flow of history, is what I call it, this overall flow. And if you don't get this this big picture, you get lost in the details, and it's in the details that you can get lost and confused and forget about the big picture. You understand what I'm saying? Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> yes, I, I I do understand what you're saying. You, you referenced that Kennedy. Uh, video or, or audio that I played. It, it is a video. I was trying to look it up while you were talking. If anybody cannot find that and they want to hear that uh, grilling, I the title I think was, you know, uh, Kennedy Grilled for Presidential, I, I don't know, something. But if, if you or anybody wants that, it is a video where you can actually see Kennedy's face and the people in the audience. Obviously, I converted it to an MP3 for the show. But I would send that to you or anybody else that wants it. If you want the video, I'll send that. You want the MP3, you want both, I'll send it to you. So that's that's on that. But in response to what you were you were saying, and that that was a great, like I said, a great synopsis there. Um, you you mentioned this this counter reformation, and you mentioned about infiltration and agitation. And then you mentioned about Chris Pinto and some of these uh, uh, videos, which I will reluctantly put out there, and I'll explain that reluctant statement here in a moment. Uh, one of them is a lamp in the dark. The other one is is the true history of our founding fathers, I think it is, something to that effect. <clears throat> and one of the things, and I, I'm, I'm going to make a statement to, to tie in here. When, when, when we talk about 
communism. We have to understand that is Catholicism. Yeah. It's a Jesuit creation that is is backed up by the Vatican, yeah. including China, Russia, and, and, and other places, okay? So you, you run in the same thing. Yeah. But the reason I bring that up with the infiltration and agitation and these videos, one of the things with the history that we're told, and right now it's, it, it's just it's out there so mega. You know, you talk about the Revolutionary War, all, all this stuff that was going on in England and the people coming over and all this. People want their history clean and tidy. And when you yeah. start looking at history, it's anything but clean and tidy. There's, a, there's just so many different facets and factions, just like there are today. There was, there was that too. And this all was going on at that time. And one of the things, if you look up the, the Ten Planks of the Communist Manifesto, I don't remember which number it is, but one of them is, is get the people to distrust their government. And one of the things that these videos do, and it's, it's out there, and I've been down that bunny trail. Oh, George Washington was a Freemason, and, and, and Benjamin Franklin was a Hellfire Club, and this and that and this and that. And look, I'm not saying there's not any truth there. It's, it's, it's clear as a bell that uh, uh, Washington was a Mason, but he also renounced his Masonic ship. Most of them don't bother telling you that. And why? Because of the infiltration of the Illuminati, which is the Jesuits, into Freemasonry. Yeah. Okay? And, 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 and the reason I bring this up is because the effect is, is, is I hear people, and it frustrates me to no end, it's like, well, this country was set up this way. It was set up to fail. No, it, 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 I, I don't believe that for a moment. Look, we, we, it, it's easy to talk about people behind their backs, and it's certainly even easier when they're dead to talk about them and to yeah. say whatever you want. But when you look at some of these documents, Ben Franklin, who's arguably one of the worst, he chastised, scolded Congress for not opening in prayer. You can find the actual quotes, okay? They used to open up in prayer, and he starts out, gentlemen, you know, we used to open this body in prayer. I'm paraphrasing here, of course, in prayer, and we've quit, and, da -da -da, and we need to get back to it, okay? Yeah. And he's yeah. supposed to be one of the worst. Look, look, at, look at Washington's uh, 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 resignation speech and some of his inaugural uh, speeches. I mean, it, 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 there's there's a Christian bent. And I, don't, I don't care who wants to get upset. Do they have skeletons in their closet? Absolutely. Yeah. But the point that I'm trying to get at is is that this ends up making people go, oh, well, it was set up to fail, and those people were all bad. Well, even if it's true, even if all of it's true, so what? That doesn't have a thing to do with what we're doing today. Yeah. And 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 that's that's that apathetic view. That's that's why I wanted to to point that out. So in, anyway, I'll, I'll let you get on to your thing. That was just a couple thoughts that I had on on some of the stuff that you said there. And, and those are that's really good. That that's what I think. It's it's in all of this, you 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 discover or understand these different streams of uh, of people of of the, of what would you call it philosophy or not, philosophy is not a real good term but of the thinking of of these people and and where they're coming from and their background and what they are about you know like the puritans the puritans that came to america the scotch irish that came to america the uh then the anglicans in the in virginia and the south there you know they were they were more uh what do you what do you call that monarchical they were they supported 
uh, the monarchy of the king of England. And uh, this guy in his this book that I'm reading, he suggests that most people in the colonies uh, supported the the English, you know, and the English had given them a, basically a pretty good deal, you know. And they were proud to be English, kind of, you know. Well, I'm sure a lot of them weren't. The Scotch-Irish certainly weren't. And so there's these different streams that come in. Freemasonry's in there. They're all kind of, they're all kind of jockeying to get control. And some of them, more than others, their, their motivation is to get control, to get political control of the situation. And this is one failing. I and uh, failings maybe not the right. It's the Christian people, the Puritans. I think had a good grasp of the of the gravity of how important the political realm was to their own uh, religious freedom to serve God, because they went through a, a bloody civil war. And law and all of that, and then lost that, and kind of went through it again, and did all that. The Scotch Irish were like that, and so they, Christian people today, just don't have any kind of a concept. At least most of us, that God has a plan for the world. We don't believe, and so we're not even in what I say. We're not even in the ballpark. We're not even in the game. You know. We just give that over to the world. You know, that's not any of our... And I've had mature, supposedly mature Christian people, leaders, challenge me hard and withdraw from me, basically, because they believe that Christians, the Bible, doesn't... We don't have any business talking about anything political. I mean, they've said it just like that to me. And it's like for that reason we are, you know, we're, it's just like we're helpless victims of whatever happens, you know, in the world. Instead of advocating God's plan for the world, which is not, I don't believe any anywhere God's plan was for uh, a Christian or one church to take control over the whole world. The concept that I get from the Old Testament law, the Old Testament, the system of Israel was a decentralized system where people in their own local areas, their own, would submit to the law of God, enforce the law of God in their court systems, in their justice systems, which would take care, remove the wicked people. They would become an example to other nations who might listen to them to figure out what gives them their success. They were not to go off conquering the world like that by force, like most, uh, like uh, the Roman Catholics have, like the uh, Muslims have. But it's just, and yet, I don't. I'm just rambling here. The, the concept is that I get is that Christian people just have surrendered the field. We have just surrendered the field. You say, how do you you say it very well like that? We we're called to occupy, but we've surrendered. You know, we've already run up the white flag, surrendered, left the fort empty. You know, 
and uh, yes. are not attacking the Ford. I mean, the picture Jesus has is that the gates of hell will not prevail against against God's people, which is an uh, a picture of attacking the ch- the Ford, you know, and taking the Ford. We don't do that like uh, like they did the the land of Canaan, but. Uh, We've just surrendered. We've surrendered the field. You know, we just oh boy. You know that's and the philosophy that I would say in my experience, most ninety five percent or more of Christian people have is that this is none of our business. That what um, God is concerned about is the church, our spiritual life, getting to heaven, and this world is not any of our business. Go ahead. Alan, you mentioned about the fort, the kingdom, and that, and, and I'm going to tell you how I see it. So people wonder why I'm so uptight and bunched up. Put it another way, and something maybe people can understand, especially those who've been in the military. We have abandoned our God-appointed post. That's what yeah. we've really done. Yeah. And, and back with this infiltration and agitation, this that you mentioned, and I'm I, I'm I'm sorry, but this, what I refer to, and I cannot refer to it as any other way, other than Romans 13, follow the government straight to hell. Whatever they say, yeah. you just do, no matter what. Or they'll make a caveat and say, and talk, directly contradict scripture. Well, the whole thing contradicts scripture, but whatever. Uh, you know, it, it it just absolutely amazes me that that people do not even realize where their doctrines come from. Yeah. These, this whole dispensational futurism that breeds this apathy and this Romans 13, this false uh, interpretation of Romans 13, follow the government straight to hell, uh, is meant to do exactly what it's done. To breed this thing either as way back then, preterism, it's way off in the future. Either way, we don't have to worry about it. Uh, follow the government straight to hell. That, that's the magisterial government, the, the, the Vatican-controlled Jesuitical you know, manipulated one and that type of thing. And the whole time we are sitting here uh, not watching the, the the fort that the Lord told us to hold down until he gets back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And it's like we're not even in the debate, you know. We're not even, the world just laughs at us. I mean, we're not even in the debate anymore. And I mean, we don't even think about it. I I ran across uh, just something the other day. The governor of Alabama, the uh, something in Alabama, they've been challenging this uh, gay marriage deal, and the governor of Alabama said he would never, he would never challenge any decision of the Supreme Court. I thought you got to be, kidding, you know. It's like that's how the churches are. That's exactly how the churches are. You know, it would be wrong for us to challenge any decision, you know. Just be little happy, happy little obedient uh, children, you know. That's what we're taught. And, I mean, I don't know how you can read the Bible and think that, you know. It's just unbelievable how we have been. This has been educated into us, you know, that we have been conformed to this system of the world and this is what they want so it it is it's just amazing and uh what i was getting back to what i was saying before is when you study like the american revolution 
the American Revolution, you need you need to consider all of these streams. It's not just one 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 only, you know, it's not just one you know, it was all about this. It was all Freemasonry. It was all a plot from the Freemasons to set up the Atlantis, whatever you do, blah, 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 like they teach about that. It's not that. Because the vast majority of American people at that time, uh, the colonists, the vast majority were were pretty dedicated Christian people. I mean, there's no... They had to... They had to negotiate with this or deceive people in order to get things. And I can see that the Freemasons and uh, the Jesuits are, they're working hard to get the power. And it doesn't matter how you do it. The end justifies the mean. You can lie and cheat and steal and kill and whatever to get that power, which is their philosophy and Christians. We try. We follow the law of God. You know, we we try to be on. We try to be honest. We try to do things as God teaches us. Uh, it's wrong to kill. You know, uh, unless uh, seriously provoked, and uh, and so it's like these people get in power and control things. Uh, at least to some extent, they get what I call it. They get a foot in the door like satan he gets a foot if you get angry and you don't you don't address your anger it says that you give satan a foothold you get him you give him a uh beachhead in there and i that's what this book is suggesting about uh, the jesuits the catholics in maryland and the carroll family that's what uh i was going to read about some and We've had a good discussion here, so I might not even uh, get into the book, but the idea that he presents in this book is a fascinating idea that I'd never had even thought about, that one of these streams in America one of the, was the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church, the Jesuits, the, they're still working. Their whole, their whole purpose is to get uh, control of the entire world. They claim that they own the. They claim the Vatican or the Pope owns the whole world already. You know, and uh, they just are trying to get back in political control of everything. They try to control the the nations through the kings who are submissive to the Pope. And so, they in England they had kind of lost control. At least to some extent, they're still trying to get back in control. Even in the 1700s, they're still trying to get back in control. The Jacobites were trying to get a Catholic back on the throne of England. And they finally, I think they finally realized they, had, they were going to have to do it a, a more uh, uh, secretive, uh, uh, a deceptive way instead of a frontal, you know. They always work uh, that way, but... They tried to get that, and they failed in that way to get someone, although I'm sure there was influences still in England. But in America, it was even... These people in America had gotten farther away. The uh, Puritans, the Pilgrims, the and in the 1600s, the Scotch-Irish came to America, and they were pursuing God. And so they, the Catholics looked at that and they said, well, we've got to get in there too. 
so that we don't totally lose control of this situation. And so uh, this is one stream that I never had even thought about. And it has to be there because it certainly was in England. And this is what they are getting away. They are not just simply getting away from the Catholic Church, which they absolutely despised, but they are getting away from, uh, a lot of them are getting away from the Church of England. In the South, some of that was Church of England stuff, Virginia and some of that. But they were getting away. So these, the Catholics felt like they had to get in their little foothold in there. And Maryland seems to be this foothold. And in America, what, what they introduced, and if you'll read some of the history of Maryland, you'll find that they're always talking about that Maryland was uh, the, the centerpiece of religious freedom in the world. And if you know the history of Catholicism, that's almost laughable. Uh, that they are for religious freedom. They're for religious freedom when they don't have it. And in America, in the colonies in America, you could not, they didn't, there weren't any, uh, there weren't any uh, Catholic uh, cathedrals except on the West Coast. This is another thing you need to remember. On the West Coast in California, there's this whole series of Catholic missions that were communists. I mean, they came in, they took over the Indians and they controlled the Indians. If you, we've been to many of those when we lived in California. They're beautiful structures, and you start reading and understanding a little bit of that history, and you get it. it. They were on the West Coast, and they they were they were very interested in America, and so this it's not surprising that they were also interested in the colonies. And uh, Maryland is part of this, and the Carroll family is part of that. The, there's, there's a family that was very influential in early America, the Carroll family, that, that uh, settled in uh, Maryland. Had a, they were the richest people in early America. Uh, had great hey, slave... Uh, go ahead. Well, two comments now. Uh, one is what you were talking about on the West Coast, the communism and, and, and the Jesuit influence there. Uh, one of the things they did while they were on their way uh, is they also got places like the Philippines, Vietnam, Korea. Uh, that was just a thought from what you just said. But I'd like to just for a moment go back to what you were talking about with that friend of yours and other people and they actually separate from you they say you know don't get involved in the government we have no business being involved in the government i don't yeah. remember exactly where it's at maybe you know in scripture uh, i think it's in psalms or proverbs it says it says uh seek the old ways wherein lie the right ways yeah jeremiah and one of the things oh okay one of the things that i found yeah okay one of the things that i found when i started going back and reading some of these older sermoners back through the centuries it, it, and this history, you, you find not only did the Christians then not believe you were not to be involved uh, in, in, in government, they believed that they, the church was the government. And you can go through the earliest one. You brought up as early as, as Kennedy. 
you know, in 1960. Uh, but you you can go back even even before that, uh, as we have done before with with the Waldensians and the Huguenots and so on and so forth. Obviously, not necessarily in in this country. But the point is, they did resist tyrannical government. That's yeah. how you get into this radical reformer. And I suspect because they want to infiltrate, agitate, rewrite history. One of the reasons it went into blowing JFK's head off. Sorry to be graphic, but yeah, that's what they done is because they could not afford to have an icon of that class in this country. It had already taken place in other countries, and they were not about to have it here because they had that toehold in Maryland, funny enough, that you're talking about, and they were not about to lose that, that, that toehold by this, this guy. Because I, I, the more and more I looked into Kennedy, the more and more I'm absolutely convinced that, among other things, he realized what, what he was in. I uh, with, so with, yeah, with respect to Catholicism, uh, the Bay of Pig, I mean, I, 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 and, and Vietnam, I think he was waking up, and that's what his speech is with a monolithic blah, 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 blah. You probably all heard the, the speech. But uh, they just couldn't have that, that, that iconic class here. And, uh, so, so when, and, and that's why I cannot for the life of me understand why Christians today say, have you know have nothing to do with government or Romans thirteen follow everything and yet when you look back through the history of Christendom that's not they, they didn't believe it no I, I don't know why we would it's like those people were all full of beans couldn't even read their Bible and yet today we got it all figured out Michael Heiser brings it up he says we are hindered hear me hindered by some of the knowledge of history that we do have perverted that it may be. And this goes in, and it's completely diametrically opposed to what the earlier Christians that preceded us, very pious, devout Christians, understood what those passages meant and what their responsibility in, in, in society and in the government was. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing how today we have, I mean, just back in the 1960s, they're, they're the Protestant uh, preachers, leaders in Texas, and it probably was people from all over America that came to challenge that and to demand that he would not give first allegiance to the Catholic Church, but to the Constitution. And, I mean, that's, people need to go back and consider that again. That's just, that's in our lifetime, you know. And yet today, it's gotten so much worse today that we don't even challenge anything anymore. It's wrong almost to challenge anything. And uh, it's just unbelievable how this has been, how we have been so uh, conditioned uh, well, to, Alan, just, to just give up, you know, just surrender. Just one one more thought. Well, so the story goes. You, you mentioned earlier about this, this Jesuit pope, uh, Francis, uh, and, and, and this uh, addressing the uh, joint session of Congress, which I, I, I can't even tell you how abhorrent and repugnant that is to me and how far we've gotten. And people go, oh, you're Catholic bashing or, you know, oh, those are just other Christians. They just have different – no, they're not as an institution. But, but, but what is amazing, and, and I've covered this on here, and again, I'll – well, I've got them on paper. I don't have them scanned yet, but you can get them through uh, Doctor or uh, Doctor uh, Pastor Butch Paul. 
He has excerpts from all of the um, constitutional, the, the original 13 colonial constitutions, all of which except one, you've already mentioned them. I'll give you three guesses and the first one don't count. Every one of them mentions that you had to be Protestant in yeah. order to hold any political office. And how far we have come from that and that understanding, even to the point of a debate, debate in 1960 with Kennedy to now, all of a sudden, we've, we've got this, this Jesuit pope going to uh, address Congress in a joint session. And you know full well his rings are going to get kissed. There's going to be all kinds of pomp oh, and yeah. circumstances, and he's going to have an awful lot of influence over what was originally the Catholics were out, period. You, 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 you could be here, but you couldn't hold political office, and you would abide by law as Protestants understood God's law form. Yeah. It's like you said earlier, we, we've come a long way, baby, in the wrong yeah. direction. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, I'm gonna ha- we're going to wrap this up right now for a little bit, and uh, we'll be back. Uh, I'll be back in uh, a little while, and we'll hopefully continue this. I'm going to continue reading from the Grand Design Exposed and discussing the influence of, of the Catholics the Jesuits in early American, in the in the American Revolution, that alternative. So thanks a lot uh, today for participating with this, Lori, and uh, I'll come back uh, not too long, okay? Okay, yeah, thanks, and sorry I kind of did that, but you did quite a nice synopsis thing, and there was just so much going on. It, I, it might actually almost be better to have it split that way and then get into you know, what you were going to, because that was a heck of a synopsis that you put out there, Alan. I mean, you, you encapsulated that well, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I, it's, uh, it's just pretty, uh, it's just, a, that's an overview, and I think people need to get that concept. That's what I want people to at least chew on, think about that. So thanks for coming. And, All right. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be back before too long. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.